welcome to the Homeworkies podcast. And we are really excited today. We have one of the stars of the, and the writer of the newest uh, upcoming Lifetime movie, Reindeer Games Homecoming. We have Sarah Drew here. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled because I'm a big fan of your Christmas movies in particular. And, uh, and we've, we've had you on once before. Uh, I remember. It was, yeah, it was so fun, but it was with a, it was a group uh, there yes. with, with Brian and Ryan yeah. and talking about Twinkle All the Way, which I love. Didn't get to like really talk to you one-on-one. Okay. It was <laughs> right. Fun. We were just talking over each other probably yeah. and making jokes the whole time. <laughs> yeah. It was great. I was like cloud nine, but it was, <laughs> uh, but I, I'm so glad to get a chance to have you on one-on-one. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, since this is your first time one-on-one on the pod, uh, we like to kind of find a little bit of, about our guests and tell us a little bit about what inspired you to get into acting. How'd you get started? Yeah. I mean, it's honestly the only thing I've ever wanted to do. I've been performing on stage since um, my graduation from kindergarten when I walked out on stage and just owned the whole place. And (laughs) my parents looked at each other and they're like, what is this? And from that moment on, I just, any opportunity I had to be able to perform and be on a stage, I took it. So growing up, I was doing community theater, school plays and just anything and and acting classes and acting camps and whatever I could do to perform. So then, you know, it all started professionally for me with my production of Romeo and Juliet, which I did um, the summer leading into my final year of college. Um, But that was, that was very, a very cool story because I was doing a musical theater program the summer before that. And we had a casting director from Bernie Telsey Casting come and do a masterclass with us. And in the bathroom at the last second, I decided to do a monologue instead of a song for this casting director. Uh-huh. And that's how my whole career started. That split wow. second decision. I pulled one. We hadn't even been working on monologues. Everybody else in the class did two songs. And I'm just a stronger actor than I am a singer. Uh-huh. And I just was like, I think I'll just do this monologue I have in my back pocket. I'm going to do that instead. That office started bringing me in for auditions. And the third one they brought me in for was Romeo and Juliet. And I was cast as Juliet, Carter Theater's production of Romeo and Juliet. And it was reviewed in the New York Times and in Variety. and, And that's how I got an agent. That's how everything started for me. That's great. I mean, so you just had that monologue ready to go. You had it memorized. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I had always been working. I mean, I always had monologues in my back pocket at Uh that point in my life, you know? Yeah. Were you going (laughs) to film school? What's that? Were you going to film school? No, I was at the university of Virginia. I was a drama major, but, but there's, it wasn't a conservatory program or anything. So I, I was taking classes in all the different departments, Mm -hmm. um, but doing plays all the time as much as I possibly could. But yeah. And it was really interesting because for Romeo and Juliet, I wasn't even going to audition for it because it conflicted with the first five weeks of my fourth year of college. And I was like, oh, it conflicts. I'm not going to be able to do it. And Will Cantler, who is one of the casting directors, and I owe everything to, called me directly from um, from Bernie Telsey Casting and said, if I have to put you in my car and drive to Virginia from New York and drive you to this audition, I will do it. You, This is not to be taken lightly, is what he said you have to come to this audition. So 
I, I talked to my advisors at UVA and I was like, if I got this show and I was five weeks late for my fourth year of college, what would that do? And they basically were like, oh my gosh, this is an amazing opportunity. If you get this job, you can keep a journal while you're doing it and we'll give you an, wow. a three, three credits of an independent study. So I wound up doing Romeo and Juliet as an independent study. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to catch up with a lot of other homework from other classes when I, when I got back to town, yeah. uh, which was a bit of a shock to the system. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's how it all started. I had so much support from my um, professors and from everyone at UVA and it was crazy. Well, I was looking at your IMDb and I didn't realize that you did voice work in Daria. Yes. I yes. love well, I guess, Daria. Yeah, I guess. I guess that that all happened before Romeo and Juliet. I consider Romeo and Juliet as really the like kickoff because uh-huh. it's how I got my agent. It's how it's how I was vis- really visible for the first time. But yeah, I did I did that character all through high school and college. That's so, so cool. How did yeah. that happen? I um I had met a manager, I think through an acting class, through like mm-hmm. other other friends in the acting class who were represented by a manager who was out on Long Island, which is where I, I was living. And they connected me with this manager. And so I, I, you know, I did like a commercial. I did a play in eighth grade that was a professional play, like a regional theater play. And then I, and then I had this Daria gig also. It all happened through that manager. But that's so cool. I love that show. I think it's so good. Such a fun yeah, show. Really good. I love animation. I'm a big. Uh, I keep so. trying to do more, but nobody hires me. Oh, no. <laughs> I love animation too. I, I just like that. Those are some of my favorite movies. I, I would, uh, and I love watching them with my kids. It would be, it would be very fun. I do a lot of, uh, I've done a lot of books on tape and a lot of radio oh. plays, but I haven't done any animation since. Yeah. yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. From the hosts of the podcast Home for Hallmark, Molly and Brad now bring readers their debut novel, If Only Christmas Would Come. An instant Amazon bestseller, If Only Christmas Would Come, transferred readers back to Prince Edward Island during the era of Anne of Green Gables and features a strong-headed, cranberry-farming, jeans-wearing heroine and a playboy with a family secret. Reviewers agree this book is a fluffy, steamy, predictable Hallmark movie masterpiece, If Only Christmas Would Come, is available on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble now. Visit at Home for Hallmark for more info. That's at Home for Hallmark, and you can use our affiliate link in the description below. How did you end up getting uh, onto Grey's Anatomy? How did that all happen? So um, I auditioned for private practice, and I I did a two-episode arc on private practice. After that, I auditioned for, I, uh, that was when I was uh, sort of seen by Shonda Rhimes and uh, seen by the Shondaland family. And then she cast me in a pilot that she did called Inside the Box, which was very cool, but it did not get picked up to series. And after doing that pilot, she actually asked me to come play this two episode arc on Grey's Anatomy. In fact, the the role that she originally wanted me to do was the character who is saved by George O'Malley. He pushes her out of the way when the bus and then the bus hits him and he dies. And she's at the end of season five, last episode of season five, first episode of season six, but I was unavailable. I was shooting something else at the time. So I couldn't do it, which is just amazing how life works. Cause that character wasn't a medical professional. There's no way that character could have continued on in the show. Right. Um, So I couldn't do that 
that uh, two episode arc. But then she she asked me to come and do this other one. I didn't audition for April Kepner. It was an offer. And I was like, sure, I'll come play for two episodes. I knew I was coming to get fired, basically. And I, I came and I did the two episodes and I said goodbye and I left. And the morning after that uh, episode aired where my character was fired, we my team called me and said, um, Grey's Anatomy's called and they want you back. And this may become a series regular position for you. Wow. And I was like, what? So I spent, <laughs> I went back season six and I spent all of season six sort of auditioning in every episode, <laughs> looking at every script and going, have they written anything for me? Is there any way that I can show you that I deserve to be here? You know? So I spent, and then I got picked up to uh to full series regular that June after, mm-hmm. after season six. Was that challenging going into an established show like that? Or they had enough sort of turnover that it wasn't a... It wasn't because, I think mainly because I went in to be a guest star. So Mm -hmm. I'd been guest starring all over the place. That had been the last three years of my life. I was just hopping from show to show to show. And so it didn't feel any different from any other guest spot for me. But, But because I got a chance to shine in that second episode where I got fired, you know, I established relationships with people there. So by the time I came back, people were like, oh, we're so happy to have you, you know? So it felt, it, uh, it, it, I, I felt a, a very warm welcome. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. So tell us about how you ended up getting the gig for Christmas pen pals. Did they come to you or did you uh, audition yeah. or how did that happen? Yeah, they came to me. I had had a meeting um, with Jason Wood over at A&E and um, I basically when, when I, when Grey's ended, I went on like a a big sort of tour of all of the casting directors of all the networks and studios and just took general meetings with everybody just to be like, Hey, I've been on the show for nine years and, and now I'm not, and I'm excited to see what's next. And here I am, you know, and I'd had a really amazing meeting with Jason over at A&E. And I think as a result of that meeting, that offer came in and um, I'd been offered things before from that, that network um, that I hadn't connected to and didn't, uh, didn't, you know, I just, there are things that you love and there are things that you don't connect to. So I, on Christmas pen pals, I read it and I immediately loved it because my husband and I met through writing letters. To, well, Aww. we met at a at a camp where we were leaders, but he sort of wooed me through handwritten letters. So That's we so wrote, cute. yeah, we wrote letters to each other for six months and then started emailing and then started calling and then he came to visit. And that was how our whole relationship started. And I just... I know it's so old fashioned and so lovely and never happens anymore. So when that was written into the script, I was like, oh, I love this. It, it, it resonates with me. Um, and I had a blast and I was like, oh, I love making these Christmas movies. They're so fun. It's one of my favorite TV Christmas movies. I love Aww. Christmas Pen Pals. I love the whole concept. Like you're saying, uh, the whole idea of a whole town writing each other letters. And yep. it, it was just charming and and you get to see like all it's not just the one main love story you get all these little love stories and and I've said for a long time I think they could make this like a franchise you could have like every year different letters yes totally it would be so different people different people falling in love different people finding each other all right the 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 resident town matchmaker (laughs) (laughs) I just really loved all the elements of this movie I 
I, I loved Michael Gross as your dad, like perfect. Yeah. It's like America's dad. <laughs> yeah, totally. That was great. And his little romance. And I, I liked everything between you and Nile Mater. And especially at, at the ending is I think my favorite when she's like, you gave the book to Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> uh, I don't know they just have such good chemistry and I I love the script I think it's uh, we've had it was the, a uh, really good script it was it a was. really strong script yeah yeah we we've had the the writer Carly Smale on the podcast a couple times and she's great and she just right. did such a good job of like building that tension between the two of you and you know you're having and, and you had like dramatic wait because you were trying to deal with the loss of your mother and uh you know all of that all worked together I think to make it work oh thank you I love that it. was a fun one yeah all right well uh then you had twinkle all the way mm-hmm. which I also love and you I mean to have these two little girls that were uh, so cute <laughs> <laughs> they were so cute yes yes I uh the the whole hot chocolate party. I yes. that's just like life goals, I think. Oh, <laughs> it was so, so cute with that tent and everything. Yes. Oh, I loved it. And I mean, we had interviewed you, but it sure seemed like a super fun group. Oh my gosh. With Ryan. Well, and- I mean, it's what it's what inspired me to write Reindeer Games because mm-hmm. we had such a blast all together with that whole team, the, the producing team, the director, Brian and Ryan. Ryan it really inspired me to start thinking about writing uh, myself. And he, because he had all these ideas for Christmas movies he was wanting to pitch and stuff. So I got home from that movie and I came up with the, my outline for Reindeer Games. Um, I know it's called Reindeer Games Homecoming, but I will always yeah. think it is Reindeer Games. They just didn't let us have that title. <laughs> Probably <laughs> I had to add a word. I had to add a word. I think there's a Reindeer Games. Isn't that like a... There is a Reindeer Games, but that wasn't... Like the a movie, horror movie or something, Yes, the movie it? wasn't the issue. The issue was it's a lyric in in um, uh, in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh. Which I don't know. I know. <laughs> we fought the good fight, but they were like, you can keep it. You just have to add a word. That's so funny. <laughs> I will always, I will always consider it reindeer games. Came up with my outline for that, and I had so much fun just playing in my brain. And I, I brought it to Stephanie and Margaret, who were my producers on Twinkle All the Way, and I um, pitched it to them, and kind of figured, oh, we hire a writer to write it. Uh, and they said, oh my gosh, Sarah, this story is epic, and. You know it so well. You have all the elements in your brain. You know these characters so well. It's so fun. It's so alive in your imagination. Go home, buy final draft and write it yourself. And I love that they gave me that push because I didn't know that I could write a script by myself. Mm -hmm. I'd written, I'd co-written a pilot before years and years and years ago. Um, but I'd never, I never tried to sit down and write something myself. So I went home and bought final draft and I had my first draft of reindeer games in three weeks. Wow. Yeah. And then it of course went through many different iterations and there were lots of notes and, you know, it mm-hmm. I had to cut 30 pages off of it. Cause it was originally like 120 pages and I had to get it down to 90 when, when it landed at lifetime as a tv movie it was like because i was i was writing it as a longer situation um yeah. 
but yeah, it was, it was a really fun, really fun, creative process. One that I love. That's so cool. Well, it must've been amazing to have Leslie and Warren like legends. Oh, and Twinkle. Twinkle all the, yeah. Yes. Twinkle all the way. That must've totally. been fun. Yeah, and amazing. my favorite thing about one of my favorite things about the movie is the wedding, because I tend to not love weddings in these movies because I, like bridezillas and just all the, yeah. I don't know. I just don't love it. But this one, I just love like the community feel of it all. And the whole thing with the bells and the, the view, he, he painted the view for her. Yes. Was, yeah. yeah. I loved the couple. It was just a great wedding. <laughs> it came out so well. And the yeah. art department did an amazing job. Brian Herslinger shot it so beautifully. And and Ryan and I just had such a blast. It's, it, it is such a sweet culminating so, moment. Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Yeah. So for uh, Reindeer Games, I have seen it. Reindeer Games Homecoming. <laughs> I have seen it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very sweet. And so did you uh, Did you request to work with Brian again? Or did that just kind of work out? Or Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah I wrote, well, and I wrote, um, well, Brian Sills, I wrote Simon for Brian Sills. Okay. Specifically. I had his his voice in my brain the whole time. And, and I, and I, I had hoped to kind of pull the whole team together again. And so, yeah, it it was, it was, it was a reunion of sorts, but I, Brian Herzlinger, I just love so much. He's such, and I think I, I, I learned an even greater appreciation for him as a captain, the captain of the crew, you know, and the, uh, the captain of the ship and he and I, he was so committed to making my vision come to life and was, he's has such a great energy. He's got, he's very talented and has so many great ideas, but he also has inc an incredible energy on set. So even when he has to be like, Hey, you guys, you need to get this done right now. It's done in such a way that people feel really nurtured and loved in the process. And he knows how to keep everybody laughing. And the set is always happy. So it, I, I knew it would be a fun experience uh, if I got Brian to do this. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just, I'm thrilled. He, by the time, by the time, you know, five seconds into him having read the script, we were already sort of sharing a brain on the vision of it. So it was fun. Yeah. He's so great. One time we had scheduled him to do one of our patron uh, events that we do. He had, he's, it's, we called a patron watch along. And I, I didn't realize that he was coming off of his shoot and had basically no sleep. 
And I, I, and then we found out as we were doing, I was like, oh my oh, goodness, we really didn't need to do that for just our little, you know, for us, you could have canceled. It would have been Aww. fine, but, but, uh, but no, he dedicated. He yeah. So dedicated. That was so nice. <laughs> I love him. He's yeah. the best. I love him so much. Yeah. Uh, so Justin Bruning, very swoon worthy in this, that very, very swoon worthy, right? Yes. And he's fun. I mean, it's like the Mac and chase of it all is so different from April and Matthew. So what I keep saying in all my interviews, I'm like, if you're expecting April and Matthew, you're not going to get April and Matthew Mac and chase have a lot of heat. <laughs> yes. He's very different characters and it's super fun. Yes. Now, since were you involved since you were producing stuff? Were you involved in like casting and, yes. and other things like that? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So you were like, get him. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's so funny. The casting process is so weird and bonkers. Everybody has a lot of different ideas for for what direction they wanted to go. So it's it's very much like you can hope and wish and want somebody with all their might and then somebody will say no. And then that's just it, you know? So yeah. it, it was, um, very much a, you know, we talked about a lot of different people to play this role, a ton of different people, but when his name was brought up, I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> yes, he's perfect. The role is like for him. Yeah. <laughs> he just, really is. I mean, yes, perfect. He's perfect in it. Yeah. He and basically he, he, I mean, I guess I should have you, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about the movie? Yes. So uh, Ranger Games Homecoming is about a biology teacher, AP biology teacher, who's also a crossword puzzle loving smarty pants, um, <laughs> who's, who recently lost her father in, in a fire. He was the fire chief of the town five years ago. She wound, she winds up coming home um, and leaving her uh, her medical school residency to kind of take care of everything because it's always just been the two of them. And she starts teaching. And she and um, Chase Weston used to be, had like a moment fling in their uh, high school years. They were they were uh, AP bio lab partners and she was always the little nerdy one and he was always the cool, hotshot, fancy pants jock. But they still had this little moment at the science bowl in Poughkeepsie. They shared a kiss. And then when they got back, he's Danny Zuko'd her and pretended like it hadn't happened. And so she's always carried a little bit of a flame for him. And now he's a massive action movie star and is finally coming home after being gone for a very long time to help his sister and, and nephew for the holidays. She ropes him in, to, he, she begrudgingly ropes him in to participating in the community's reindeer games fundraiser that she has always played in honor of her daughter, of her father, um, with her team of retired firefighters. And, uh, and then sparks begin to fly as they're participating in these games and reconnecting and rekindling. It's so fun. So it starts out the first of the reindeer games was a polar bear plunge. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing this movie was shot in the summer. It was not. Oh, it was nice. very cold. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, miraculously, the day that we shot that scene, it was very warm. It was the first very warm day that they had in Ottawa. We were there in April and May. Okay. Um, but, but, uh, but by the time we had to run into the water, the sun had gone down <laughs> and the temperature had dropped significantly and the water was very cold very cold. So yes, yeah. uh, it was freezing. And, <laughs> and it was very funny because 
all day we were warm, but then when it was time to run in the water, I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And then we had sort of a role reversal where Justin was trying to amp me up and be like, you could do it. You could do it. Mind over matter. Mind over. I'm like, <laughs> why did I write this? <laughs> Why did I put this in the script? <laughs> yes. Oh, but it was, yeah, it was good. It was mind over matter. You run yeah. in, you're dying, but you're like, I am doing this. This is my new reality and I must do it. <laughs> yeah. I love open water swimming. And so a bunch of my friends have done polar bear plunges. I have never, never done it. I just, yeah. I figure if there's something that you need, you need an ambulance there for the event, yes. Yes. then you that's don't probably do not a good event. No, thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, so the games were sort of modeled after my husband went to Dartmouth College and they do a winter carnival every February where the whole campus participates in these big winter games. And uh, and it's really it's really fun. The whole community comes out. And I just thought that what a fun way to tell a Christmas story in a community if it's centered around these games that everyone comes out to see. So um, they do. They do a polar bear plunge in February on Occam Pond, which is completely frozen over. So they cut a big square out and people leap into. And that's how the script was originally written. We were hoping to shoot it in winter in Canada and actually cut a hole in the ice and jump into the ice and and do it that way. I wanted it to be super authentic, but um, but our, our production kept pushing and pushing and pushing. So. We did not get that, but what, but we did get some nice cold water. Yeah, it worked. I mean, I, I bought it. So uh, I I thought it was really cute and funny when you have, you're all watching Twinkle All the Way. Oh, yeah. In the movie. That was a fun And, and Justin added that line. I've always wanted to work with this director. <laughs> that was a total Justin in the moment. And it stayed in the movie. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> He says at one point, he says, I may never go back to LA. I feel like I can actually breathe again. Since you're, you're from LA. Yes. <laughs> Was there some catharsis in writing all of that? <laughs> yes. I mean, I obviously, so Mac, Mac in a lot of ways is modeled after my mom, who is a brilliant scientist and was doing science research for a very long time and then started teaching. And she was my biology and AP biology teacher. She loves crossword puzzles. She wears those joke math problems on, you know, t-shirts. She has so many of them. So in, in a lot of ways, um, and she's like super practical, I made it, I was very clear, like in all my meetings, I'm like, Mac is, is practical. She has one pair of shoes. She has one coat. She doesn't fuss with her hair. Like she is a practice. She doesn't wear a lot of makeup, like not your typical Hallmark or lifetime Christmas heroine. She's just, she's a kind of a tomboy a little bit, loves hanging out with the firefighters and just, she's cool. I I don't, I really like her, Um, but a lot of, she's in a lot of ways is modeled after my mom. And then Chase, I mean, I just wrote from my own experience to create Chase. Just like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be in LA. It's hard to feel like no matter how much you're doing, it's never enough. It's never cool enough. You're watching people on Instagram. You're seeing people on sets you wish you could be on. You know, there is there. It's difficult to find contentment and find satisfaction and not be constantly on that climb to bigger and better and broader things. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the stuff that Chase is going through is stuff that I have dealt with and thought through. But then all the things that Mac shares with him about the importance of community is also stuff I've learned along the way. So I wanted to, I wanted to vocalize 
the experience I think a lot of us feel, which is this like, no matter how much I have, it's not enough. No matter how much I do, it's not enough. Yeah. Along with, yeah, but that's not what life is about. Like life is about being known and loved by a few people who will always show up for you and then showing up for them in return. Like that's what, that's what the good stuff of life is. Uh, and so I wanted to, I wanted to embody that in the, in the story of them. I think you could feel that in the community spirit, uh, yeah. around the games and also just around her that everybody was, was there for her. There's a pretty early kiss in this movie, which oh, I yeah. enjoyed, you know, I hate <laughs> it when you just get one tiny one at the very end of these movies. Yes. So that was fun. <laughs> yes, it was, you know, originally scripted because I was just kind of going along with what these movies usually are. It was an almost kiss for a, a while. And then our exec and producers at Lifetime were like, we're, we're loving the idea of letting the kiss like happen earlier on and then seeing things fall apart. So lean into that. And I'm like, all right. And then that scene became a very heated scene. <laughs> I love the way Brian, Brian uh, does this. It's like a little uh, Herzlinger special where he gets up really, really close and like yeah. goes up and down from the eyes to the lips and then over. It's like, it's very sexy and romantic. And he did it in, um, he did it in uh, Twinkle All the Way also in the scene where Ryan is helping me paint. That's the same yes. kind of, like technique that he used, but it builds that tension really well. And it's fun to see. Yeah. I wrote down, I said pretty early kiss. And then my next note is great kiss. <laughs> because <laughs> it was well, it Justin was and I had a lot of practice yeah. <laughs> keep playing love interest with each other <laughs> yes I I and then I mean it's so swim worthy when he's like I don't want to be I don't want another movie I just want to be with you yeah very good, right. good. <laughs> what every girl wants to hear <laughs> I also liked the whole element of you have this letter from your dad yeah. that, uh, that, you know, he's passed on and it's the last thing you have of him and you can't struggle to open it. Cause then it, it'll be it. That'll be the last thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was all really done well and touching. And, uh, I, I think I, I wrote down who can't relate to that emotion. I yeah. Think I, I have a dear friend named Allie Groves and Mac was originally Mac Groves in honor of her, but we couldn't clear that name. So it had to become mm. Matt Graves. But Allie lost her father a few years ago in a really um, kind of freak accident. And I I was with her with a couple of our other, our other friends while she was on the phone waiting to get the word about whether they could find him. And it was very very intense. We, and I've sort of, you know, walked alongside of her in the last few years uh, through that grief process. And so she was a very early reader of this script um, because I wanted her input on what that feels like to lose a parent, a father specifically very suddenly and how that impacts your life and what that emotional uh, roller coaster and experience is. So she, she really was, was amazing. She gave me some amazing things to think about, like the kinds of things that you want to hear from people versus the kinds of things people say after you've lost a parent and, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to make sure that, that Chase shows up for her in a way that is lovely and surprising. So it, it was, it was really sweet to, to get to navigate all of that, the grief story 
with my friend who had been through something. Well, yeah, it was really great way to humanize both of your characters, but particularly his character when he, uh, he helps you to do that. And that, and that was Justin's idea too. I mean, it's so interesting. So many elements of the script, it's just different people's ideas, different. Cause I'm a, I'm a big proponent of best idea wins. Like I just want the movie to be great. So if you give an idea that makes it better than what's on the page, then please let's do that. But he had this awesome suggestion that at first it was, he was just with me while I chose to open it. But, but Justin was like, what if, what if you can't open it and you hand it to me and you like ask me to open it and I open it for you? I'm like, that's so good. <laughs> and it played so well. I just thought it was so precious. Like, you know, she cannot do it and she needs his help and he's there, you know? Yeah. Cause you want him to be more than just a pretty face, more than yeah. just a star. You want him to have heart and soul. And, and so that allowed you to kind of do that. And growth too. Like he gets to really grow and shift perspectives and learn something from her. And I think what I really love about their relationship is that from the beginning, she is totally unimpressed with his fame. You know, Mm -hmm. she, he is very, very, very famous, but she just jumps right back into high school banter with him, which is just like, yeah, you're still chase. and, And by the way, like, I don't know that I can trust you. Like, that's my issue with you is that you follow your, your heart and you might really feel something and that's great, but you, you leave bodies in your wake because then you move on to whatever the next thing is without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that again. You know, whereas another, another character might be, Oh my gosh, he loves me. I'm just going to go for it. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I love that she, and it's refreshing to him to have someone just like immediately start ribbing him yeah. <laughs> as soon as he arrives home. Yeah. Not be starstruck. No. Yeah. So you said your mom is really into crosswords. Are you, I, I was going to ask, are you into crosswords? No, not at all. And <laughs> my, and my uh, husband is really into crosswords too. Oh, good. So I got a lot of help from them on that stuff because they're, they're, they're big puzzlers. Like when we have Christmas together as a family, like Peter and my mom will be sitting at the table while other people are playing games or doing other stuff. And they'll just, they puzzle like every day. There are all kinds of different puzzles to do. And they, mm-hmm. It's the, my mom, my mom is so smart and she just, her, she loves to keep her brain moving and working all the time. Her brain is always figuring something out, always working something out, always gathering a new piece of information. Um, and she gets so fired up when she learns something new or when she has something to share with you about something she knows that you're asking about. She's like, oh, well, actually, and you're, it's just, that's why she was such an incredible teacher and and, you know she was she impacted so many lives during her teaching years because her enthusiasm for science was just palpable like you couldn't not jump in with her um so I I was I was excited to kind of share a little piece of that in uh in Mac of like yeah she's always figuring stuff out her brain is always working which Mm -hmm. also means that it's very difficult for her to kind of settle into the moment and go, okay, can we do this? Cause she's already down the road going, well, how are we going to do this? Well, what happens if, you know, she just constantly going like, even to the end, Max character, like she's just like, how are we going to do this? We live different places and you know, all this stuff. And he's like, we'll work it out. Yeah. We'll be fine. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love that last scene. I didn't realize it until we were on set shooting it. 
Um, it, I, I didn't intend for the the scene when I was writing it to take this journey. But once we were on set shooting it, we all realized, me and Justin and Brian realized collectively that we were experiencing Mac and Chase in their past, their present, and their future, all in that final scene, which is so fun, tying yeah. in the whole past, present, future mm -hmm. of, of it all, of the theme. You see them giddy like they were in high school almost. Then you're in the present moment of them, we're doing this. And then we're into the future of how are we going to do this? You know what? Can you just relax and enjoy this moment for a second? Yeah. And she <laughs> <laughs> and you see what their future is going to be. You see, oh, they're going to figure it out. They're going to make it work. And I just love also that that you get to that. There's there are lines about how are we going to make this work. So many times in rom coms, it's like, and then they kiss at the end, and you're like, well, how's that going to work out? Mm -hmm. You know. I just liked being able to vocalize it and add some reality to it. Well, and I've talked about it a lot of times on the podcast, but the whole conflict of like, we live in different places, so we can't fall in love. I'm just like, nobody would stop. That wouldn't stop anyone yes. from falling in love. Like yes. you figure it out. And so I liked it. Yeah. I was like, we'll work it out. It'll be fine. Yes, totally. Well, we're excited about the movie. I enjoyed it. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Before you go, I want to give you our... Uh, fun, silly holiday questions. Okay. So first one, what is your favorite holiday drink? Um, like hot cocoa or eggnog or. Yeah. I don't like either of those. <laughs> I do enjoy like a, a hot mold cider okay. with like a little bit of a little bit of rum in it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Good. What's your favorite holiday cookie or treat? Oh, rum cake. It's oh. a family recipe. Mm -hmm. Cool. What's your favorite Christmas song or carol? Silent Night. Nice. Uh, what is your favorite classic Christmas movie? It's not, I guess it's not a classic, but I mean, Elf is the one that we always go back to, but A Christmas Story, mm -hmm. a really, really good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who do you like better, Scrooge or The Grinch? Scrooge. Okay. Which do you like better? Clear lights or colored? Clear. Okay. Uh, would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman? Snowball fight. <laughs> Last question. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? Yes. And you know why I have one is because I'm hosting a viewing party for my producers director, um, at my house. Well, I'm doing two parties next weekend. I have my girls, my girlfriends coming over 
wearing their Christmas pajamas and we're eating breakfast for dinner and we're watching it live. And then on Sunday, all of my, uh, the producers and exec and um, Brian Sills will be in town with me too. And Brian Herslinger and all the families, all the kids, we're having an ugly sweater uh, party where we're doing like a Christmas dinner potluck. So people are bringing their favorite sides and then we're going to watch the movie. So that sounds so I now have an ugly sweater. (laughs) I did not have one before, but I bought one for this event. Oh, very good. I mean, you don't really need sweaters in LA. So (laughs) no, like if you go outside at night, yes, you do. But yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. This was so much fun to get to talk with you. Absolutely. And and do you have social media or anything that you want to share? Yeah. Um, uh, I am Sarah Drew on Twitter and the Sarah Drew on Instagram and on TikTok. I'm on TikTok too, but now I don't even know what my TikTok handle is, but I'm going to get it for you. The Sarah Drew on TikTok. Okay, great. We'll have that all in the description so people can follow you. And thanks again. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. You too. Thanks so much. We'd like to thank Sarah for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun to get to talk with her. I had a great time. Just know what you think about all the things we talked about, put in the comment section or on Twitter. And please follow us on social media at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. I really appreciate that. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store patron groups like we talked about we patron watch alongs with people like brian herslinger so definitely you want to be a member of the patreon you get some really cool opportunities and it just helps us so so much please check out the merch store we have lots of festive designs and thanks so much again to sarah and we'll talk to y'all later merry christmas 